Off top. Did you know Mountain Dew was slang for moonshine before it became the caffeine-infused product that it is today? Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? How we doing? Good. I'm ready for some optimism. I'm here for an optimistic show. It's the mid-season point. I'm a positive guy. I'm very happy. I'm fired up, and I'm here to shine light on all the downtrodden teams who have three wins right now and give you a little bit of optimism. You don't have to wait to the draft. You don't have to wait till last season. So I I looked at the past five seasons uh, at week nine. And what I found was the last two seasons, there were three teams that had three wins or fewer at this point and ended up making it to the playoffs. Then there was, I guess, 2019. There were no crummy teams at the midway point that ended up making the playoffs. But in 2018, again, there were two teams that had three wins or fewer that ended up making it to the playoffs. So I think we have written off a bunch of teams that we should not. We need to figure out who's in the best shape to make a run. So of these teams, let me see. They have three wins right now. We got the Browns, Colts, Broncos on the AFC side. AFC side. (laughs) I feel like it has to be said every time. NFC side, we got Packers, Bears, Saints, Rams, Cards. So I think the Packers are a very intriguing choice, but I've been crushing them all week, and it feels like whatever they have going on there, is it feels like it runs deeper <laughs> and yes. that it's not it's not going to be able to rebound this season. And also, they have no shot at winning their division, which like feels like the best way to do this is to be lucky and be in a bad division. I think it happened in NFC East a few times where like the midway point, everybody in the division had three wins. Right. And that's so I think. That leads me to like New Orleans in the South, which is a really bad division. Um, the Broncos division isn't bad, but there's still hope that Russell has a little magic left. It's just talent. And obviously the the real pick is the Colts because Jeff Saturday's my guy and he's going to be an immaculate coach of the year. They're going to rip off eight wins in a row and they're going to well, win the Super Bowl to finish this ridiculous Disney movie that just took place. We should go through this. So is there any of the any of those teams that you actually think could figure it out more than just make the playoffs? We could figure it out right. and like get it rolling, rattle off a few wins and your opinion of them will change. Well, I mean, first of all, the Browns are going to be getting a really good quarterback real soon. So um, that changes the complexion of their team. And Jacoby Brissett. Is really good on occasion, but mostly not. And when he, mostly I mean, he's not. had a he's had a couple um, prime time games that I think yeah. skew my opinion of him because I've looked at the rest of his games and the numbers are not as good. But those prime time games, he had two of them. One was recent against the Bengals, where we were like, "Holy shit, Jacoby Brissett's pretty good." And yeah. then I forgot what the other one was. Might have been the Steelers earlier in the season where he had another good game. But he's keeping them afloat, which is what they asked for until. Um, Deshaun Watson gets back and their issues on defense. They remind me a little bit of the Packers in that they have a talented defense. That's not quite playing that well. So like there's hope there that all that talent can come together and miles Garrett can just 
take over, which I guess he can't play any better than he's playing. So it's it's incumbent on everyone else to play better around him. So the Browns are up there, but there's a little asterisk because they're they're going to change, like completely change. The most important mm-hmm. player on the team is going to get or most important position on the team is going to get an upgrade. Um, the Colts. Yeah, I was joking. They're out. The Broncos have the talent to get it done. The defense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Their defense is really good and they have offensive talent. It's yeah, it's about figuring out how what system they can put together, what plays they can put together where um Russell Wilson can perform. It's a hard thing to do midseason, but their offensive strategy has been poo so far. I'm just looking I'm just looking at the standings now as we're going through this, and I'm stunned by something. There are two of these teams that have, that have three wins that have a positive point differential. One, yeah. the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. which that makes sense to me. Um they're three and five. The other one, and they're plus they're plus one. The other one mm-hmm. is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are three and six with a plus twenty-one point differential. I left them off. I didn't even I, I didn't even I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even mention them as one of the potential prospects. Best quarterback uh, in the division. That ain't saying anything. <laughs> that is Best not quarterback a in the division. <laughs> that is not a compliment. Um, yeah. I don't trust that best quarterback in the division. I was I was up on the Jaguars as like a really as a I was drinking a Kool-Aid of Urban Meyer sabotage them and they can bounce back. But when I watch them play, but I guess they're also in this division where like the Titans, no matter how well or how many wins they accumulate over the past, I don't know, five years, nobody trusts them for real. Mm-hmm. So I guess that division is winnable. They got three wins. All right, so I'll, I'll throw the Jags back in there. I mean, I left off uh, the Jags. I left off the Raiders, obviously. Yeah. Um, I left left off the Panthers, the Lions, and mm. I think that's – oh, and the Steelers. I left those people off. But I think the Jags deserve to be in, a con- in the conversation. So it seems like you're going Jags. That's what you want? Uh, well, so I want to talk about – spoiler alert to the podcast audience. We have a mailbag coming up, and I want to talk about them and another team. The Bears are the other team, our, our much yeah. maligned Chicago Bears that me and Dominique love and protected the Chicago community all year long. Those You're are the welcome. two interesting three and six teams to me. Three and five, okay. three and six teams. So um, New Orleans, they embarrassed themselves on Monday, on Monday night, but they're only one game behind the league. But you... Uh, I guess you're, you're not saying you don't think they could be the team. You're just oh. saying that you're, they're not interesting. I just don't think... I, I guess, to me, even if they get in... They're going to be that Saturday afternoon first uh, playoff team. And we're uh, going to be like, okay, they're going to play yeah. the Vikings in the first round or something. And yeah. we're like, the Vikings aren't that good, but why is the spread 14 and a half in this game? And then we're going to walk out there and be like, oh, Kirk Cousins, a, a primetime playoff win. And then we're going to look back and be like, oh, it was against the Saints team that we knew was bad all year long. And they rotate between Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. They combined check down and through four picks. And they keep getting shuffled in and out. So yeah. that's how I view that team. Okay, so we can talk about the Bears first. The tough thing about, I mean, I guess we can have a bigger, broader picture about the Bears, not necessarily about this season, because the tough thing for the Bears is the division is out of reach. They're tied yes. with the Packers. Um, they would have to get in on the wild card, which I think is going to be much more difficult because the NFC East, which always thinks, has two teams with six wins already. They're great this year. And a, and a team with four wins. Uh and then, yeah, so they're going to have to catch up and pass some of those teams. So well, the future, yeah. as I said, this is this is why this is the the frustrating thing about the NFC is that we've got you know the three six plus win teams in the NFC East 
And then the Niners and the Seahawks in the NFC West. And that is going to most likely occupy the wild card picture unless something drastically changes down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, an injury or something crazy like that. Um, So the Bears, they're interesting going forward. Uh, They have cap space and draft picks. And we had uh, I was having a conversation about how the Bears need to take a step forward next year. And I kind of feel like the Bears need to go all in next year. It's not Mm. like a step forward thing. It's like you have to go all in similar to the way that the Eagles have. Like in general, when we have basketball conversations, you know how I feel about we've talked about the Warriors a bunch of times, how I feel about trying to win now and win later. And we all understand how much easier it is to succeed in this league when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. And so, I mean, that's what it boils down to is like they have to expend all the resources because of the examples that we've seen. And the Eagles is the first one where you're really athletic quarterback that um, is young and talented and is a real leader and can compensate for whatever develop he, development he needs with athleticism can be undefeated in the best team in football. They have a supersized turbocharged version of Jalen Hurts and uh and Justin Fields. So I think that's the plan for them going forward is Ryan Poles and Eva Flus. Like next year is the year. This year mm-hmm. is about um developing fields and next year is about going all in and and making a run in the next couple seasons. Right. Right. I mean, it's a far, I think far it's, cry from where, where we were at the beginning of the season where I said that he needed to demand a trade, but I stand by that at the time. I now changed my mind and believe that Poles and even Flutes need to go all in on this. He, I mean, <laughs> I think, he's, he still has limitations. Uh, yes, I think he does. It's a, it's a cycle that we go through in this like player evaluation process. He's still he's just starting to reach that first plateau and we're still in celebration period and we're ignoring the things that he doesn't do well. But once he stays on this plateau long enough, we're going to expect him to take another leap and he's going to get criticized if he does not take that leap. So part of him taking that leap, I think, is improving the talent around him like we saw with Tua. So let's put a button on this conversation. Let's get right to the mailbag question because we have one about Justin Fields. And I want to put a button on this by saying, okay, so the Bears, and the Jaguars are my two teams with three wins. I could see at least being frisky and fun down the stretch. Is there one that you believe in? Is there one that you're going to put the Foxworth guarantee on that these guys don't stink? Um, uh, ooh, uh, mm, eh. I want to. Is it is it cheating to say the Browns? Is that cheating? No. no. Yeah, I, I think it's the Browns. Yeah, I think the influx of a lot of talent at the most important position combined with all the playmakers they have on defense. I like that team to make a run. So uh, forget who's fun before we move on. Is there a team that you think will make the playoffs? One team, three teams did it in the last two seasons who had three wins at this point made the playoffs. Is there a team this year that you think will make the playoffs? I'm looking and I'm, I mean, honestly, no, I don't, but I I think think the Saints have the the best chance. Yeah, I think the Browns are the best team, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not one that's a, and it's and they're also the most interesting team from an actual success standpoint. It's something you talked about last week. They want to run the ball. That's sort of a, a weakness yeah. of the Bills' defense. Um, they're also a toss-up. We don't know how good Deshaun Watson is going to be after two years away from football. Um, 
immediately. So that's fair. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash df today to get 10% off your first month that's better help com slash df all right mailbag me so we're gonna get right back into justin fields we're doing our first ever dominique foxworth show mailbag we'll post more notes on email addresses places on twitter you can send us questions in the future the first one comes from chris in la who wrote this note the bears probably dug themselves too big of a hole to make the playoffs this year but that doesn't make their turnaround any less exciting. Chris's question for you, Dominique Foxworth. Outside of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, is there any QB defenses would want to face less right now than Justin Fields? All right. So this question is not just for me. It's for us. So <laughs> I um, I mean, the obvious comes to mind is uh, Lamar Jackson. We're talking about just a QB mm-hmm. or just or a combination of the entire offense. I think. Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson bring a unique challenge that I guess it's we have to stop calling it unique when it's two of them. And I guess Jalen Hurts falls in that category, too. And uh, healthy Josh Allen is in that category, too, that has right. a running ability that really Kyler. You out. So, yeah, Kyler Murray also. But they, they yeah, it's something about that team that just <laughs> him and Cliff together. I think Kyler in a new situation or they're not going to get rid of Kyler. So if they change up the situation around Kyler, I think right. things would be a lot better. But yeah, I think what first comes to mind is Lamar Jackson. Right. More than anything, because he he can put you on a mixtape, which is the scariest thing ever, is just being embarrassed and watching that play on social media all day, every day, which he hasn't done in a while. But I remember the, was it the Bills? They went and played the Bills. Oh, remember when he did that double spin on the uh, Bengals? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious the obvious answer is is Lamar Jackson from a scary standpoint. What do you think? Yeah. So for me, I uh, when I saw this question, I actually went and looked at Justin Fields' college stats because I remember him at Georgia sort of being a gadget gadget player as a freshman, and then not running that much at Ohio State. And mm-hmm. he he had eleven hundred and thirty rushing yards in his three college seasons. Um, he's gonna have more than that this year. This is not like. 
Oh, was not preordained because he was, yeah. you know, ran a four, four, six at his pro day and was six, three, two thirty. He was not a running quarterback for the first four years that we knew Justin Fields. So part of me is more scared of him as a runner right now than, than anyone in the league, because he's so big, he's so powerful, he's so fast. And this is like newly unlocked. Not that mm-hmm. anyone has figured out Lamar Jackson. We've gone through this year after year. No one has figured <laughs> it out, but at least this is new and fresh and the way that they're using him hasn't totally been schemed out by defenses yet. And so I do think for the next three to six games, teams are going to be like, holy shit, what is yeah. this gigantic mutant running faster <laughs> than us? Who is the size of our linebackers? It's um, it's rare that you see plays in the NFL that look like they're like mm-hmm. high school or right. look like it's uh, a early season college game where it's clear that we need to see your birth certificate. Like he has plays where I want to see his birth certificate. Like that that 60 yard run for a touchdown against um the the Dolphins last weekend, that's a play that he just turned it on and outran the underneath players and then outran the secondary players and did all of this while looking bigger than everyone out there. It, it's it's rare and it really right. is nice when you don't have to coach that when you're just like, all right, if it ain't there, make some magic happen. Yeah. And I think it's like, uh, you know, it remains to be seen if Chase Claypool gets integrated into the offense over the rest of the year. But he's obviously a big, fast guy. He likes to play over the middle of the field. Justin Fields is still completing less than 60 percent of his passes. He still had 120 passing yards last week, along with the 178 rushing yards. There are still significant limitations that we're overlooking because of how explosive he is. When I looked at that, I thought of Lamar, I thought of Joe Burrow, and I thought of Justin Herbert. Those are the three guys who I think in different ways scare you as much as Justin Fields. But Justin Fields is certainly the most exciting. It reminds me of 2012, the read option year, when uh-huh. that showed up all at once. And and us as fans were like, holy shit, this is a new era of quarterback. <laughs> yeah. What What is going on? Yeah, that was that was a good year. Um, the So that's, I mean, that's this plateau that I was talking about. Is we're still because when I watch, go back and watch the amazing Justin Fields games that we all are so excited about, there's a lot to be desired. Right. But right now we're at this point where we're just seeing, we're just, it's just being being confirmed to us that he has the potential to be great. And mm-hmm. right now we're still, we want to see that a few more times, but it's not, it's going to switch real soon. I think next season. It's going to be a lot of pressure on him to to improve. And I mean, everything I've heard about him and read about him, he's the type of guy that is going to do everything within his power to get better. And he's really smart, great leader, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm rooting for him. I'm not rooting against him. I believe in him. All right, next question. All right, next one. This one comes from Kevin of Virginia who writes in, I saw an article on ESPN today. That's Tuesday, November 9th. Uh, from Green Bay's beat reporter, Rob Demosky, that's titled, Why Aaron Rodgers' Contract Limits the Packers' Options and What Could Come Next. The article wonders if the Packers regret giving Rodgers three years, $150 million, whether he could be traded or even benched. Are you starting to view Aaron Rodgers' contract the same way as Russell Wilson's? <sighs> Not, and I don't know why after uh, you laid it out like that. <sighs> I mean, I guess because Russell was coming off of a downswing towards the end of last year and that led into this year and he hasn't swung back up like Aaron's coming off of back to back MVPs. And also Russell's in a situation where the talent around him is high, like there's no excuse 
for for Russell not not to succeed. Aaron has a lot of excuses and he has a lot of credibility, credibility and recent credibility, given that he's has back to back MVPs. So I, I am not looking at it in the same way, but maybe I should. I, they should have traded him, I guess, at this point. It's easy to say. Actually, I, I'm not going to say that because I don't think when you watch Aaron play, he's last week was a really terrible game. But right. even within that game, he had some really incredible passes. I I don't think that he's lost his talent. I don't think that he's like the ayahuasca shook his brain up so much that he can't read defenses anymore. I think he's having a bad year. And I think the hardest thing to find is an all-time great Hall of Fame quarterback. It's impossible to find. They got one. You don't get rid of them. You figure out how to build around them, even if they're a little annoying and a little petulant sometimes. So I'm not ready to freak out and say that this is as bad in part because the Broncos had to trade stuff too inside yeah. of their contract. Like right. the, the um, Packers are in better shape to rebuild than the Broncos are. And then we also have the, the fact that the Broncos are in a division with a perennial Super Bowl competitor. Like it's, it's not likely that they're going to win their division at any point. I know that the Packers aren't going to win it this year, but I think you'd be crazy to believe that they don't have a chance at it next year. So, yeah, I I don't think the Aaron Rodgers situation is nearly as bad. And this leads me to another tangent that I want to go on. Um, Generally, and I know you're going to prod me and push me in these directions because that's the reason why I have you here. So when I yell at you, don't get mad at me. But this is a preemptive yell. Okay, go for it. Yell away. The money... I despise it. I know it's part of it. When people start bringing up how much someone makes as a criticism of their play, it pisses me <laughs> off because it's not their job to, to uh, manage the salary cap. Aaron Rodgers has played. Nobody, when he was signing this, nobody was like, oh, this is so stupid. Like Aaron, jo- Aaron Rodgers has earned the contract that he received. They wouldn't give it to him. The fact that a salary cap exists is is uh, okay. suppressing his salary more than he deserves. And on top of that, it's not his job to fill out the roster. So I, I it just it annoys me when people start. Well, he making fifty million dollars. He need to do more. No, Brian Gutekunst needs to do more. Well, to be fair, he did have top three receiver in the NFL who no longer wanted to play with him because of his personality. So that sort of is his fault of filling out the roster with Devontae Adams. Second of all, like, yeah, you're you're fault. right. He didn't offer him the three years, $150 million, but that's the contract we're judging him on now. Okay. Everything he made before was his past performance. That's why he's got the deal, but we judge him on the current contract. That's the same across the NBA. It's like Kobe's last deal, that two for 48 that killed the Lakers for a decade. We knew Kobe was great. But this contract is for this year, next year, and the year after. And if he's paid more than Patrick Mahomes those three years, I'm going to judge him like Patrick Mahomes because that's the sphere he's being expected value he's expected to produce. The Kobe contract is different. Everyone knew that that was a thank you gift. They were not expecting to be competitive. So I don't think that's the same thing. Um, This, however, my, I guess I'm not disagreeing with you, but actually I am disagreeing with you. When, when players play well, we don't run out here and say he's outperforming his contract. I just don't, I don't think that we judge players based on their contract. I don't think we should judge players based on their contract. To me, that feels ridiculous. We judge players. So like at the end of playoff games, when a quarterback comes up short, we're not out there like, Hey, well, 
he, it's fine. Good for him. He's only making, he's still on his rookie deal. It's okay. Keep it moving. Tom Brady is taking less all the time. So it's all right if you don't win a bunch of Super Bowls. Like, that's just we kind of did do that with Tom Brady. No, like, consummate team guy, Tim Duncan. Tom no, no, Brady, I'm, I'm saying, team. I'm saying that we don't give them a pass when yeah. their contract is not at a certain level. So I find it a little annoying that we start counting their money when they fall short. Only one team can win the Super Bowl every year. It's right. fine to be critical of Aaron Rodgers. I expect more of Aaron Rodgers right now, too. To me, it just is annoying when we take the onus off of off of the rest of or off of the front office and say, well, Aaron took all the money. Like, no, like Aaron's job is to play quarterback. He got back-to-back MVP. So yes, he should be the highest paid quarterback in football. Brian Gutekunst has done a good job of building up a roster around him. I'm not knocking him for that, but I don't think we should um, like denigrate Aaron Rodgers because oh, yeah. he earned a big ass contract and is not playing well. Like to me that, I don't know. It's a personal thing. It's my union bias creeping in. I'm sure everyone is bored of this and probably thinks I need Here's to shut up. One thing we can agree on. We can agree that. on this. Okay. You know, you win two straight MVPs and you lose 15-9 to the Lions. You get a week where we can make fun of the contract, okay? No. Go, seven no, days. Seven no, days. No, you don't. You get a week where we can make fun of you. But leave the money fine. out of it. That's all. Fine, okay. fine. Well, okay. Follow-up question here. Is he a Packer next year? I say no. You say what? yes. Yeah. No way. I, I, this is broken. So, okay. So I guess the question is, what's the move? Do they not exercise his option and release him? Do they try to trade him with that big-ass contract, which is going to yeah. be hard to move unless they want to swallow some of the money and then not um, and then not have him play? I, I don't know. That That's a reason why I feel like he still comes back because they made this commitment to him. How do you see this movement happening? Oh, I guess they need so, to replenish their – their yeah. team and this is so, this is the beginning of their rebuild this what was interesting is is so Domofsky in his article put four things one of them was him getting released and he said that's not going to happen uh but the three that he said could happen rogers plays for the packers next year um they figure out a way to make the team better around him he retires which we've heard him say he's not going to play till he's 45 like he's brady he would be walking away from a lot of money and then the third one is he gets traded but he would need to get traded for a player with a big salary, probably a quarterback who is underperforming and they could attach picks to him. The player they suggested actually in that article was a player like Russell Wilson. Reunite him with Nathaniel Hackett. Add some picks on it. Let them re- let them rebuild the roster. What picks? Didn't they just give up all their picks to get Russell? I guess we have to look at it. I'm sure Demosky did his research. I didn't read the article. I guess there are picks there. That seems attractive, I guess. I'm sure Aaron be happy. Uh, Denver would be happy. Russ would be hot. Oh, <laughs> oh. he wouldn't show us though. Cause he never shows us how he actually feels. Green Bay, right. Let's ride. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What's his, what's his slogan going to be? Let's pack. I don't know. What, don't the Packers have a thing? They don't have a thing like, uh, Jeez heads. like the Seahawks had and the Broncos have, I don't know. He'll come up with it and it will yeah. be so cool. I can't wait. All right. Next question. All right. Next one. Um, I thought this one little. We're leaving the quarterback sphere, but uh, Billy from Florida wrote in: Derrick Henry is a freak. He's a complete freaking freak. We all <laughs> thought he was done last year when he broke his foot, and Tennessee did too. They blew up the roster and traded AJ Brown. Given how this season has played out, do you think they regret sending AJ Brown to the Eagles? No, I, I don't think they regret it. I think that they have been hovering around where they are and probably outperforming their talent and their expectations for the past several years. And they want to win 
and they realize or they believe that they don't have the quarterback or the roster right now to win a championship. That felt like right. a rebuild move and they are overachieving right now, but I don't think that they wish. I mean, even though they didn't, they didn't throw, they didn't complete one pass to a receiver Not last one. week. Right. So I'm sure they wish they had a better receiver, but they also probably wish they had a better quarterback because Malik Willis won. Yeah, he wasn't doing it. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that they regret it. I think they know that they have the guy as the coach and they are heading headed into a rebuild and they just happen to be in a terrible division and routinely outperform. I, right. I don't think that they want to tie themselves. So that, that's what, that's what would have had to happen. It's not just having AJ on the roster. Yes. They'd rather have him, but they would have to sign him to a big time commitment without having the rest of the team in place to win, which I think it's not something they want to do. What do you think? So I looked at this and I immediately thought this thought the same thing. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in Traylon Burks, who they drafted in the first round with the AJ yeah. Brown trade. He was like one of my favorite players in college football last year. Uh, he really took it to Alabama when he was sort of a one man show at Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. So I still sort of believe in him, even though he's had a tough year. I do think they regret the trade, but not because they were close, but because AJ Brown's 25 years old and he's, right. you know, a top eight receiver in football. And that's such a precious thing to have. When this four-year, $100 million contract is up, he's 29 years old. Yeah, he plays physical, but he's not a speed guy. I could see him being good for the entire length of that. And we're seeing quarterbacks being drafted from 50, from really 10 to 45 that are impact players earlier in their contract. So who knows if you get lucky there. And I just wouldn't have given up the asset if I could have just re-signed him. I got you, but I think also the same thing can be said for receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that there's ever been a run of really talented receivers coming into the league as there has been recently. It feels like right. getting a number one receiver is not easy, but it's it can be done. So I don't know. Maybe you're right, but it feels like the timing is off. But we just saw how quickly that time can change. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't think that they regret it, considering the fact that they're still about to win the division without him. And they've got some some compensation in order to to continue to rebuild this team and make a run at some point. But yeah. we'll I, see. I'm looking at the draft board now. Man, real tough that Burks, who's had a really tough year, went two picks after Jahan Dotson, who we believe mm-hmm. in, after Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, who's a freak of nature. Like, oof. They seem to be right after the cutoff Drake London, of course, of guys who are ready to be top of the line receivers immediately. Yeah, um, but I mean, I don't know. I Yeah, I guess they would have like because this is what it goes back to the money thing, money conversation we were having about Aaron Rodgers in general. Like we always talk about how having a rookie, having a quarterback on a rookie deal is really huge. The way that I think about it is having a impact player is really huge also in making a run to the championship. Like that's what you see often. I I think back to the best example of this to me is the last time the Broncos won the Super Bowl, and that was Von Miller's Super Bowl. Like that, they got a guy. They were overpaying Peyton Manning. He was playing as bad as the worst quarterbacks in the league, and somehow they still managed to win a Super Bowl because they got a Hall of Famer on a rookie deal and. It's easier when you get a quarterback on a rookie deal, but if you can find somebody in the draft, no matter where they are in the draft, at the top of the draft, because the way the money is now, it doesn't 
it doesn't kill you. Even at the top of the draft, it really can change the complexion of your team. I think that's partially what's happening in Dallas right now is they got Micah Parsons and they dropped this like guy who is going to cost a fortune in the future. Right now, he's giving you that top of the league production for for low prices. So, uh, I mean, I guess that's an argument for for keeping AJ, but it's also like get more picks and try to time it up. Yeah, more bites of the apple. And by the way, we should mention how absurd it is that Derrick Henry did this because oh god, we okay, Derrick Henry coming out of Alabama, there were concerns that he had too much mileage to be an effective <laughs> NFL running back. Yeah. Uh, then he blew everything out of the water. Then he had a Jones fracture last year. We're like, okay, this is it. He's already stopped breaking off the long runs. And it turns out it wasn't it. He's just going to run for 1,800 yards again and be busting off like 70-yard runs. He is... As impressive as... as there. I mean, he's done a bunch of really impressive things in his career, but I kind of feel like uh, that last game was one of the more impressive yeah. ones just because they had a quarterback out there who hadn't thrown for over 100 yards. Yeah. We, like, you know, we say sometimes we know what you're going to do, but we don't really know because... You have an NFL quarterback back there and you're capable and you have an NFL receivers and you're capable. It really felt like they didn't have that. And they were like, you know what we're going to do? We know what we're going to do. Do it, Derek. Again, this is an example where it feels like we need to see your birth certificate. You're not yeah. supposed to be playing with my boys. <laughs> my boys don't have mustaches. Why does yours have chest hair? It's confusing. It's amazing. Um, all right. Question. Next question. Sarah from Connecticut asks, what NFL QB would make the best reality TV star? Okay. I don't know, Sarah. I don't, um, let me think. So what is the recipe for a good reality star? Is it somebody that we don't know much about? Or is it somebody who's like funny? Or is it like someone who's like attractive? What? Messy. I don't know. Messy. Oh, oh Aaron Rodgers. Oh, see, I got, I got, right? I got one for you. Russell. Oh, no, no. Russell's okay. too far. Okay. Tom Brady bachelor season. Tagline. Oh. All the single Brady's, all the single Brady's. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that is really terrible. So terrible that I like it. Uh, I mean, I feel like Tom Brady would do that, though. He's like making the transition. He might do it. Tom Brady bachelor season. How much would they pay him to do that? How is that franchise? I know you're a bachelor. I'm not a bachelor guy. Is that franchise doing well or is it like? No, I don't think it's, it's doing it's that sinking? well. I think Man. it's slowly sinking. Man, they need to. Oh, well, he already has that $300 million contract to do games, right? Yeah. How One of the great parts is Je- Jesse Palmer's the, the host now. So you could have some oh, quarterback to quarterback. And yeah, he uh. like, he, he like moseys up to the, the bachelors. And he calls oh, the brother. other host, the other host got took a yeah, racist he, L, right? Yeah, he was racist guy. Um, oh god um, but Jesse Palmer puts his arm around the bachelor because brother you know what you must do here and I'm just imagining him with Tom Brady as like just going full into football oh, coach talk gosh Tom Brady on the bachelor I I don't know how much money it would take to get him to do it but we need to crowdfund that that was an incredible idea good for you alright what's next alright last one Christina from Kentucky asked, which athlete would you want to go on a cross-country road trip with? Could be any athlete, athlete any, sport. any sport. Okay, um, cross-country road trip. So again, what's the criteria? What do we want? We need somebody who we can talk to, someone who's fun, someone... Willing to who... drive at least half of it. 
Yeah, who's not just willing, uh, who we yeah. can trust. This is a tough one. Like someone who's entertaining and trustworthy and not annoying and clean. So mm-hmm. I feel like we've lost all baseball players, hockey players, offensive linemen. They're all out there because they're dirty. Like I, yeah. I, I've been around enough, enough of them. We don't want them. So who is trustworthy and also fun to hang out with? How about Russell Westbrook? He seems really trustworthy. And also, like, he seems, like, entertaining and interesting. I I think I'm leaning with Russ. I I want Mm -hmm. road trip with Russ. I mean, what do you think? So can I take you my my thought process? Yeah, let me person, First person I thought was, just to troll you, I'd say Russell Wilson, just because it'd be... It would yeah. be hilarious. So many TikToks. Um, and I just want to be in one of them. That's like one of my life goals is to end up in the, as an extra in one uh, of his TikToks. But let's cross off the list. The second one I thought of, retired one was Peyton Manning. And I thought that because he would drive the entire way. He would have yeah. the most efficient route. Um, but I also think he would just yell at me the entire time and explain things. Um, so he was out. He's a good one. Though. I like that. Yeah. All right. So the who the, else the you thir- third one I got was Charles Barkley. Um, but I'm nah. so confident he would end up falling asleep the entire time. He <laughs> yeah. would literally sleep shotgun as, as I drove him across the country. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley also like, he seems like an entertaining person to watch, talk to other people. Right. I'm not sure how much I would enjoy being stuck in a car with Charles Barkley. I feel like he thinks farts are funny. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Which I do too, yeah. but uh, it's not funny when you're in the car with someone who is tooting it up. And then I settled on, I've always been a clay theist, Clay Thompson. I think that we would um, end up in a in a good stratosphere where fast yeah. food is very enjoyable. It would be about yeah. the journey, not the destination. His bulldog yeah. Rocco would be there. Uh, clay strikes me though as a little bit. Uh, how can I say this in a way that's not an insult? Because not meant as an insult, but aloof. Maybe is that the word? Occasionally yeah. aloof. Like you couldn't take a nap. He's a if member. He was driving. Yeah, that's right. If he's driving, you can't take a nap because he might take you 45 miles off course and then you wake up and you're frustrated. And he's like, oh, man, just, just go where life takes you. And, and I'll be like, nah, let's tighten up, Clay. We're going to be late. Uh, All right. So I got Clay. That's you the got last one. Very different road trips. Oh, yeah. My road trip is going to be fun. Yes. <laughs> that's the last one. Super chill. That's the last one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking 
big splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So let's do bets. We got okay. any bets right now? We're 12 and 9. We are making people money. I'm actually going to bet on one of these at some point because we have because I want to test the the um, gambling gods because right now we're really good at it, but mm-hmm. there's really no pressure on us because we're not actually betting. We're just pretending to bet. So at some point we will. All right. Roll out these bets for me. All right. Let me know what you think of this first one. Cowboys minus five at Green Bay. I don't see how they aren't a touchdown bet at this Packers team. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I, I like that. A touchdown better at Green Bay. All right, quick thought exercise for me. How does this not work out? Is it Jerry just Jones like decides Zeke has to be the RB one again? He runs it for two and a half yards to carry. Uh, Aaron Rodgers randomly has a good game, and the Packers stay within two or win. Who knows? Yeah, but- I mean, I feel like it's just Aaron Rodgers has to like have a, a blackout flashback to Aaron Rodgers of old, and he hasn't done that all year. So, like, I feel confident and comfortable and it they're also at this psychological point where i think that they are at at um a little bit of adversity mail it in and i don't mean this as a judgment i've been on teams before where when things start to get bad like there's just no fight in you because things haven't worked out and they feel like they're there we saw it last week i think they emptied their tank in that that bills game and uh yeah i don't have they have to get off to a good start because they get off to a bad start. It's going to be rough and get ugly fast. All right. What's next? Right. Next one. Chiefs Jags over 50.5. I just Ooh. Mahomes is rolling on offense and the Jags seem to be putting up points lately. I mean, I guess they were what? 24 last week. But if they score 20 points in this game, I don't see how this game doesn't go over 50. That's the cutoff for me. Yeah. So I think you can. Pencil the Chiefs in for 30. Um, will the Jags score 20 is the question. Uh, because I'm going to – I vetoed you last week and I was wrong. So I'm not going to veto you this week. We're running with it. Chiefs, Jags, 50 and a half over. The last one I have, and this one I actually – you can talk me off this one. I'm really not sure. Seattle's playing Tampa in Germany. And they're plus three. And Seattle's just been straight up yeah. better than the Bucks all year. And it's a neutral so, site game. I guess they're I get they're coming from the West Coast. And it's like crazy jet lag, but still. Yeah. Are they one of those teams that win a week early? I mean, they should. The owners of that team got crazy money. They need to get out there a week early and get acclimated. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the Seattle, I, I don't even if the Bucks win, I don't got the Bucks blowing them out. They're going to win by a last second field goal or a final drive or something. So I I actually really like that bet. I'm with you. I'm team Gino. That's the last one for this week. That's it. All right. Well, appreciate you, Charlie. Appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, Adi Khan. And we out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.